This is Tuesday, June 1st, and we learned yesterday how the Lord wove rest into his creation, setting aside a holy day, the Sabbath, the time to catch our breath, to cease from our labors. We learned that this day was never to end, but something happened that changed everything. The first two people, Adam and Eve, put something before God. They sought to know good from evil, a knowledge that would give them powers like God himself. In the process, their entire lives and world changed. Before, they had peace and rest. Before, they would live forever with the Lord. Before, they could walk with the Lord in the garden in the cool of the day. Before, they shared life as co-regents in God's world, filled with his presence and joy. Then they brought misery into God's glorious creation, and as a result, they were cursed. Here's our text from Genesis, chapter 3, verse 16 to 19. To the woman he, the Lord, said, I will multiply your pain in childbearing, in pain you shall bring forth children. Your desire shall be contrary to your husband, but he shall rule over you. And to Adam he said, Because you have listened to the voice of your wife and have eaten of the tree of which I commanded you, you shall not eat of it. Cursed is the ground because of you. In pain you shall eat of it all the days of your life. Thorns and thistles it shall bring forth for you, and you shall eat the plants of the field. By the sweat of your face you shall eat bread till you return to the ground, for out of it you were taken." For you are dust, and to dust you shall return. Well, there's a lot to unpack here, but here's what changed for the man and the woman. First, for the woman, her relationship with her husband will no longer be cooperation, but strife and division. She will long for unity with him, but that won't be possible in any lasting way. This means they will live together but not enjoy the peace and unity that God planned for them. The woman will also experience the pain of birthing and having children. Now, This is more than the birth process. It is the bringing forth of children to adulthood. This will become costly for women as it will require so much of them, but the results will often be mixed with difficulty. Now, for the man, the calling of God was his work will become unending toil. God made him from the common elements of the earth, and he'll always have his hands in the dirt, reminding him of his end and destiny. That means the power of death will always be before him, and keeping himself fed and alive will always be a battle. Okay? Now, before we see the good news, we need to see the bad news unproductive work. Adam will plant and seek to harvest, but what will come forth is thorns and thistles. That means the work will never end. It will be frustrating. There is no mention of any rest here. Yes, God instituted the Sabbath as a commanded rest because the garden, the rest inherent in the garden, was gone. As human beings, we know this feeling. The work is never done. The grass grows and needs to be cut. The pile of laundry appears once again within just a few days. We feel the tyranny of work. 
and the frustration of work. And this is why we find it difficult to balance work and rest. Indeed, our hearts cannot rest because there's always more to be done. Now, here's the promised good news. We find it in the curse given to the serpent. And I will put enmity between you and the woman, and between your offspring and hers. He will crush your head, and you will strike his heel. Now, we are told of the day when the offspring, a child of the woman, will destroy the serpent, restore the creation. God, good and evil will always be at war, and they'll never make a peace treaty, but one will come that would, will destroy the destroyer and bring about the death of death. This is the one named Jesus that has said that if we come to him, he will give us rest. He became our Sabbath rest, returning us to peace and assurance of care and provision from our gracious and good God. Scripture explains the unending pressure to work that we know, the slavery of our condition to the very ground from which we were taken. But it also shows us the hope we have in Jesus, the one that is Lord of the Sabbath, that promises to himself be our rest. And that's the question as we finish up today. How can Jesus be our rest? Well, he's the one that brings peace with God. As Jesus explained, we worry about food and clothes, even though worrying cannot add an hour, even an hour to our lives. Jesus opens the way for us to know and enjoy the love of our Heavenly Father. The scene from the cross reveals so much about the work Jesus has done for us. Here he is, the most free man that has ever lived, and yet what is placed on his head? A crown of thorns, a symbol of our bondage to work, now nailed to the cross with Jesus. In him we are set free from the tyranny of work. It's through his cross. And in this peace we can learn to balance our work and rest. We don't work to live. We live to enjoy God and to glorify him in all things. Even our work becomes a way that we can do that. We do our work before the face of God and in communion with God. We welcome the rest that Jesus provides by the gospel in knowing that he has finished the work required and we have nothing to add to all that he has presented on our behalf to the Father. This is how we can have peace and joy in him. Please pray together with me. Faithful and loving Father, we know that you provide for the birds. You clothe the flowers of the field with such splendor. Help us to live in your steadfast love. Remind us of your faithful promises of life and drive away our anxious thoughts. For we pray to the praise of your holy name. Amen.